You're listening to the Conversations in Speech Pathology podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Steppen, and this is episode 20. Ladies and gents, welcome back to another edition of the CSD Podcast. So glad to have you today. I'm recording this. It is the end of May. I'm coming to the end of my school year. Exciting times, as always. Today's show is going to feature none other than Eric Raj. Eric Raj, speech pathologist extraordinaire. How to even introduce him? I'm not even, I'm not going to do him justice because he's a more than a triple threat. But let's start with the basics. Eric's name if you follow the speech pathology blogosphere, is quite popular. This guy's all over the place. He is a school speech pathologist. He is an app creator developer. He is a recent recipient of a doctorate degree. He speaks. He travels around and talks to people about different things, uh, technology integration mainly and use of apps. And that's what we're going to talk to him today. So, I'm not going to say too much more. You're going to hear a lot, a little bit about uh, Eric, uh, a little bit more about Eric and his life in this podcast. So we're just going to jump right in, and I hope you enjoy the interview. Do I say water weird? It's kind of different. Is that an East Coast thing? Yeah, I mean, when I lived in Michigan, everyone's like, "What? What do you say? Water? Like water? I don't know." If you're from Milwaukee, <laughs> they say bubbler, bubbler, <laughs> water right, cool, fountain. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So awesome. We have a lot to. Uh, cover i guess don't we for sure for sure yeah i don't even know where to start with you dude <laughs> so much right all right so let me tell the audience real quick how i came across your name well i i knew you just from the uh blogosphere you seem to uh rank up there as far as the blogs that should be uh referenced for a working speech pathologist um so i've heard your name thrown out here and there i knew you were making some apps and then uh, I was asking Tom Scholl, who was on the program for Donors Choose, he asked me, um, or I asked him actually, uh, just to throw out some names of people he'd like to hear, and he threw out your name. Ah, oh, he's a great guy. Yeah, and so he said, you know, he's a guy you might want to uh, interview, so I said, okay, I'll hit him up and see what happens, and lo and behold, you were one of the people who said yes, so <laughs> super psyched to hear that. So um, I was hoping just to, uh, there's no format here to the show, um, this is about I wanted to find out a little bit more about you because looking at your blog, you just seem to be doing so many things. You are you are a presenter, you work in a school system, you just got your dissertation finished. Um, so like I said, that's why I said I don't even know where to begin. So let's start with, uh, you are from New Jersey, correct? Yeah, for sure. Born and raised in New Jersey. Um, I guess you could say pretty close to the Jersey Shore. So that whole MTV show, you know, it's oh, pretty yeah. true. <laughs> is it though so the characters are really you think they're spot on ah uh, yeah for sure man no doubt about that <laughs> <laughs> so it's not just okay i've only, I've only seen snippets of the show so i can't uh i can't speak to any uh authority on that subject but you're missing out man yeah it sounds like it <laughs> that shows off the air though isn't it it sure is yeah it's definitely okay. off the air probably for better for the better right <laughs> <laughs> okay so you're from you're from near the jersey shore now you went you uh where did you go undergrad yeah so undergrad i went to a very small liberal arts school in atlantic city area of new jersey and it's called richard stockton college of new jersey okay 
So Richard Stockton. And then you went to uh, Detroit for your master's, correct? Yeah. Well, actually, so for my master's, I then went to northeastern Pennsylvania to a school called Misericordia University, which is a very small private Catholic school of about 2,000 people. So that's where I got my master's degree in speech-language pathology. Ah, okay. And then I practiced for a few years as a school-based speech pathologist in the school setting in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And then I got this really cool opportunity to move to Detroit, uh, specifically to um, Wayne State University, where I would pursue my PhD in communication sciences and disorders. Okay, okay. And so when did you start the PhD process? How long ago I, was this? Yeah, I officially started that in August of 2011, and I just completed it uh, three weeks ago, and I'll be walking this, this May. That's great. And so the so the dissertation defense went well? It did. Yeah, it went very well. I was a little bit nervous, but, you know, it's good to be nervous. It brings out the best thing you, right? Um, sometimes, yeah, sometimes no, at least in my case. Uh, <laughs> so. I mean, I did I did throw up all over everyone because I was so nervous. That's okay, right? Yeah, yeah. Hey, <laughs> Just kidding. No, I did. As long, yeah. So, okay. So what was your dissertation topic? Yeah, so what, I, what we did over at Wayne State University is I explored the experiences of people who stutter, who digitally connect and share with other people who stutter on a social networking site, specifically Facebook. Mm-hmm. So what I really wanted to find out were what were the differences between that traditional support group that people would go to, that you know face-to-face situation, mm-hmm. and compare that and contrast that with the digital support groups that are starting to pop up online, whether it be a internet forum or whether it be in this Facebook case a closed Facebook group where people who stutter were kind of coming together and talking about talking and really chatting about their experiences. So the questions that I was trying to figure out were, you know, what were those experiences of participating in that online community for stuttering? And in what ways does that online community for stuttering really offer you, the communicator, that type of support that you're looking for? And so what were some of your findings? Oh, yeah. We found that there's tons of benefits associated with actually going online and actively talking about talking. Some of the benefits were like people stated that there was a real sense of family. So they felt that even though these were digital conversations that were happening, they felt like they were really getting to know each other. And there was a very solid foundation that was being put in place with communicating and kind of just making friends with one another. Mm-hmm. And that's a real big key component, I think, because when you meet people who stutter, very often that person will say, they know no one else who stutters. And they'll say, I feel like I'm the only person in the whole world who stutters. Mm-hmm. But that's actually not the case. So having them kind of have that opportunity to connect with other people who stutter is extremely beneficial. They also stated that there was a real convenience through accessibility. So, you know, you and I, we have these smartphones in our pockets and we could whip them out at any time and kind of log on to a social networking site just like that. Mm -hmm. So our participants were very actively doing that. And that was really cool to see. But I want to make sure that I don't come off like it's all like Pollyanna, you know, good times. There was also some challenges as well. And they stated stuff like there was a sense of disconnect at times. And, you know, we can kind of start to figure out why. And that's because when it's all textual conversation, you know, you're missing that beautiful component of 
the facial expressions and the tonality of the voice and the body language and the hand gestures, you know, they're just not there. Yeah. So that could lead to kind of that sense of disconnect. And they also stated that they felt as if they were fearful to be misinterpreted at times. They kind of held back saying things here and there because they didn't know if that sentence would have been kind of misread. And again, I think that leads right back to the fact that we don't see the facial expressions and so on and so forth. We just see the black and white text. And that is kind of frustrating at times. Yeah, and that's that's a universal with all digital media is that you can't discern uh, sarcasm sometimes or, you know, apathy, whatever. All sorts of emotions are hard to uh, figure out when you're emailing someone or even sending out a tweet or something like that. Right. But I love how we as a collective communicating society, we're trying to kind of enhance that by using emoticons and little types of winky faces like that. Mm -hmm. So it's really cool as a communication professional to kind of see that evolution kind of starting right now in a very powerful way. And I'm quite excited to see where is it going to lead us in the next, you know, one, two years, half decade. And gosh, who knows in one decade what it's going to be like. Yeah. The Facebook, are you, were you looking mostly at Facebook groups or just all sorts, all types of social support groups and among different social media platforms? Yeah. As of right now, it was just Facebook. So that was our main uh, point of reference. So we created a brand new Facebook group for this specific stuttering support group that existed. Ah, okay. So, so is there, so prior to you doing your research, was there mainly one group or there are several, several groups or? Yeah, we found that there was a bunch of uh, private and public Facebook groups on there mm-hmm. that were specifically created by people who stutter. Mm-hmm. So we really wanted to take that take the bull by the horns and create our own and kind of see what was the narrative that was unfolding and how did the participants kind of view that narrative. Yeah. Okay. And and just to back up what you're saying about how some people might feel or might think twice about posting a certain comment or are worried about being misconstrued, you know, what stuttering is with all therapies. And I'm not a stuttering expert by any stretch that perhaps that they may be proponents of one type of therapy, whereas someone else is a proponent of another type. And Oh, uh, yeah, no, no doubt about that. So there definitely is some varied opinions when you kind of throw a lot of people together in one central location. Yeah. But the cool thing about those varied opinions is sometimes people can get introduced to new ways of thinking that they might not have thought about before. Yeah. And what I what I mean about that is that there was a couple of instances in our research where we saw, I mean, there's a really cool question that was posed to the group. And it was something along the lines of, if you could describe stuttering in three words and only three words, what would they be and why? Hmm. And it was so interesting to see the variation of the three words that were chosen. So you can imagine like some users would say things that were generally positive and other users would say things that are generally negative. And it's kind of cool to see it unfold and start to kind of see some of the people who stated negative things, mm-hmm. comment on some of the positive things with things such as, wow, you know, let's just say, hey, Jeff, I never thought of that before. That was really thought provoking. You know, I really appreciated that. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, it's really awesome to see those varied opinions. Yeah. So, okay, so you finished your, your PhD. Now, 
and you're working in the schools right now in New Jersey, correct? Mm-hmm. Correct. So now is it a general education uh, building you're working in or? Yeah. So two days a week, I'm hanging out in the elementary school setting. Mm-hmm. So that's K to five. And then the other three days of the week, I'm hanging out in middle school land. And that's, that's an amazing population to be working with. And that's uh, five, six and seven. Wow. So you're getting a variety. Or excuse me, that's actually a grade six, seven, eight. That's what it is. Oh, six, seven, eight. Okay. Yeah. So you've got a lot of variety going on there, Claire. And you can see, you know, you're, this is a good a segue, I think, into your blog because you can really sense uh, the passion that you have for the field, uh, just looking and reading at some of your posts. And I was checking out some of your, uh, your video posts as well about therapy techniques. I, the one that sticks out of my head is the, I might be confusing two different, a video and a blog post, but you were talking about uh, working on SH and walking into the classroom wearing two different shoes. Oh, yeah, for sure. Was that, was that the April Fool's prank one or is that or just the, uh, I can't remember if that was the video one or not. But uh, <laughs> yeah, just to get the listener to know, so Eric Raj, and you can find his website at www.ericraj.com. So you have a, most of it is, is your blog mm-hmm. in which you come up with uh, lots of cool ideas for implementation in the schools and just some general uh, thoughts about the field and um. So, like, maybe you can share another couple examples. I'm so just jumping off of that um, wearing different shoes idea that you just mentioned. So, I'm all about keeping speech therapy like wacky, fresh. You know, the kiddos that see me sometimes they have no idea what to expect, and that's done very intentionally because you know when you're keeping the kiddos on their toes, they're more likely to kind of be in the moment. So, yes, I had a group of kiddos at one time that were working on the SH sound. So, a way that I would kind of emphasize that SH sound, especially in like the spontaneous conversation level is I came into the classroom to pick them up and I was very obviously wearing two different pairs of shoes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when you walk into a classroom and like, you know, it's very obvious. So uh, I just start pointing to my shoes in the hallway and I'm like, hey, what's going on with these shoes? And I'm like, before you talk. Think about your good SH sound. So, you know, we're walking down the hallway and I'm just pointing to my shoes and I'm really focusing on talk about this wacky thing, but in the moment, remember your SH sound. So that's just, you know, one of the many ways that I try to keep it really wacky and zany with my kiddos because when they see that wacky zaniness, it just, it just, it flows perfectly. So that's kind of what I try to always emphasize in my speech therapy blogs and all the different talks that I do when I do my workshops is to kind of not be afraid to look a little bit silly because when you show those students that silly side of you, they're going to really respect that and they're going to tend to give you a lot in regards to trying their hardest. Yeah, I I agree completely. I try The thing that I try to avoid the most as a therapist is the drill and kill. Ah. Right. You know, I, I, I mean, there's nothing wrong with flashcards in and of themselves, but you, I agree 100%. You have to try and make it interesting. And I know that in my program, being that I work with a lot of kids in the autism spectrum, I always think, you know, what, what would they like to talk about or see or experience the most themselves? So right. that's why so I make it all about them. Yeah, and, for sure. Um, yeah. So, like, that's why, you know, when I think about apps that I can use with them, it's always it's always about how can I put their image into this? How can I make it a story that they can relate to? How can I talk about what they're doing and their interests, whether it's Thomas the Tank Engine or Spider-Man or whatever? 
Yeah. Jeff, you nailed it when you mentioned how can I kind of take that image of them and implement it into the iPad? Because, you know, one of my favorite apps right now is this seriously fantastic app. It's called Animal Face. So your listeners, you can go on the App Store and you could download or you could search Animal Face. It's by a company called, I think it's Easy Tiger Apps. But the long story short of this app is you snap a picture of someone. So let's just say it's our kiddo that we're working with and with the tap of your finger you could turn their head into one of like probably 50 or 60 different animal heads (laughs) so if you got a kiddo and you're working on the r sound with the tap of your finger you could turn that kiddo's head into a big rabbit head and just think of all the wacky sentences you could kind of come up with and you could still do that drill and kill because at times you know we need to get a lot of instances of that sound produced right Mm mm-hmm my gosh, you'd be amazed how much drill and kill you could get when you say, hey, if you could give me maybe 45 really good R sounds, then we'll take a quick break with this app called Animal Face and we'll turn your head into a rabbit head. And they're like, whoa, we're totally taking a break. But you and I both know, Jeff, it's a break that's very well constructed where it's still actually part of the speech therapy activity. So we're sneaky like that. We're ninjas. Yeah, yeah. And it it made me think... I. You know, it's so funny that you just uh, mentioned this app. I'm going to have to check this out after we get off because I just down, I don't remember the name of it. Um, I downloaded another app today. It was one of those freemium models where you're just bur- <laughs> bombarded with ads every, oh, every right, five right. seconds. Um, it's a good app, but it, it's essentially, uh, you can put an animal face on, but then of course you can take their picture and just put sunglasses, all sorts of crazy hats on them. And the idea was, I I have a group this week that we've been working on uh, core vocabulary, and the uh, the word is different. And so I'm taking their images and making them different um, by putting crazy hats, noses, and mustache, uh, painting their face. Yeah. But uh, I'll have to check this out because, uh, yeah, and is it a free app or is it a paid app? This one. So this this one, I think it's one of those things where it's free to try. And then if you want to kind of unlock all the different animal faces as well as get rid of the ads, I think you have to pay like one ninety nine. Okay, not a big deal. But even by yeah. hearing your description of ugh being bombarded by those ads, it always kind of you know makes sense. Hey, you know, let's just throw that developer one ninety nine to show them that we care about them, and it yeah. makes our life so much easier, right? Definitely, yeah. This. This uh yeah the, the thing is this uh this freemium model it's it's not bad but except for every five seconds there's another ad for um for Google um, <laughs> yeah so, and you know it's but of course you want to try out the free version to make sure it's not a piece of junk oh definitely um, yeah so I'll have to check this out actually I might I might switch and use this one instead this week we'll see and you know what I'm really into Jeff what's that trying to find apps where it has some sort of like video component to it. So what I mean by that is I've been using this app for the past couple of months and it's called uh, Superhero FX. Okay. And what you do is you essentially take uh, about a like six second video of a child and there's markers on the actual iPad screen where you make sure they put their hand somewhere. Uh-huh. And long story short, their hand actually shoots out lasers or like ice or fire because the whole gist is they have some sort of like superpower, you know what I mean? Yeah. So again, it's like if you're working on like we were just talking about the SH. So we can very easily take this five, six second clip of their hand and now they're shh 
shooting out lasers, right? And yeah. emphasize the SH in shooting. So it's kind of like the same thing we were talking about with the photo, but this adds that audio visual component too. So you actually hear the sound of the shooting thing coming out of their hands and it just makes speech therapy that much more fun. And I love apps like that because they're not traditionally created for educational purposes, but here you and I are as educators kind of seeing the educational um, possibilities of it and we take it and we turn it into our own and it's so easy to kind of implement our goals and objectives for our speech therapy kiddos. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, when you say that, the first thing that comes to my mind is Tokaboka. Oh, yeah, Those apps. sure. And uh, man, I used that. When I discovered that, I just started using it um, a ton. And I have to credit... Um, Oh, I'm not going to know his last name. He's on Twitter. He's he's now a rep with uh, PRC. Jeremy? Oh, right. Yeah, Jeremy from, he's from Arizona. Arizona. He goes by Arizona Speech Guy, I think. Yeah, right? yeah. Such a great guy. Yeah, yeah. And I heard now he's working for PRC. Yeah, so he's had, I've, I checked out his blog uh, once in a while. I'll link to that, by the way, in the show notes. Um, but yeah, he's the guy I got from the, the Toka Boca because he's really big into core vocabulary for AAC users and it's it has been wonderful. I mean, you can use all sorts of great words, and the awesome thing about those apps, and not all of them, but um, the ones, half of them, the ones I used, you can put the kids' image in there. Oh yeah, and like the one where you could cut the hair, the hair one. I love That's it. Unreal. <laughs> yeah, and uh, that I'm telling you, the the kids, I the kids that I see both privately and in the school, they they absolutely love it. And you know what I love with some of these apps. So the age range is huge. So I could sometimes use the same app with a second grader. Yeah. And then the next day when I'm at the middle school, I can sometimes use that same app for like a seventh grader. So that variation is very much able to be put in play with these apps. Obviously, you and I, as the facilitators of the app, we kind of introduce it in a different manner that's yeah. more age appropriate and more in tune with their goals and objectives. But the fact that I could use that one piece of software for, you know, an eight-year-old and like a 13-year-old, that just makes my speech therapy planning that much easier. Yeah. So now um, I'm just, I sort of picture you walking around the school all day with an iPad in your hand. Is that the case? You know what? That A lot of people will say that to me. They're like, hey, man, you're all iPad all day, all night, right? And yeah. Actually, no, I would consider myself quite the opposite. So I'm very aware that some of my speech therapy kiddos, they have a lot of pragmatic stuff going on. And, you know, I can't say that this is why, but I'm willing to bet that some of the technologies at home, so, you know, constantly being, you know, bombarded with like that iPad at home and kind of just always looking at the mom or dad's cell phone. I think that kind of adds to some of their social difficulties. Yeah. So I'm very aware at the fact that too much of a good thing is no longer a good thing. So I will go sometimes like a week and a half. Sometimes I'll go two weeks without using an iPad. And my students, they definitely realize that that's just how Mr. Raj rolls. Yeah. And sometimes when they'll be like, hey, are we using the iPad today? I'll be like, no, you know what? The iPad is sleeping. iPad's taking a nap. We're not doing iPad. We're going to do this traditional like board game or we're going to actually go out in the hallways and you know work on some walking in the hallways and stuff like that. So 
I'm very much aware that technology is there, mm-hmm. but it should not be the end-all, be-all. We should just use it as simply another tool in our speech therapy toolbox. That's a very interesting point. Now, is that something that you hammer home at, at your, uh, your talks as well? Oh, yeah, for sure. Because, you know, I've had a couple times people say to me things like, oh, this one app that you recommended – I love it to bits and I use it every single day with every single one of my students. And when I hear things like that, it scares me because, you know, contrary to popular belief, like not every single student needs to use an app on an iPad every single day. And, you know, the best example I could think of, Jeff, is uh, a couple of years ago, I used to use this one app and it was a very cliche basketball type app where you use your finger and you swipe up and by you swiping up, that's you shooting the ball into the hoop, right? Yeah, yeah. So I was using that with this one kiddo, right? And the kiddo was like, oh, Mr. Raj, the gym is actually open right now because he knows like the schedule of the gym room. And at that time in Detroit, my speech therapy room was like right next door to the gym. Mm -hmm. He's like, instead of playing this app, couldn't you and I, it was him and two other kids. He's like, couldn't you and I and the other kiddo couldn't all three of us just go into the gym room and play real basketball? <laughs> and like, that was such a, a punch to the head of reality for me. I'm like, here I am trying to implement this digital component when I could have the real tactile component right across the hallway, you yeah, know? Yeah. So that was an eye opener for me. And that kind of kind of checked myself. And I turned that iPad off and I said, absolutely, let's grab the basketball and let's bring speech therapy into the gym room for the last 15 minutes of our session. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. And, you know, I, you know, I suppose <laughs> I, I've been thinking about this, that probably, you know, one sign that you're, uh, you might be getting too deep into apps is when you're constantly looking for new apps for the same function. So, for instance, let's say you're, uh, you've uh, downloaded Articulation Station, which is a great app. Um, and you're using it with your kids, and then you, you've been doing it for a number of days, and you're like, you know what? They've seen the same pictures, picture cards for so many days. I need to mix this up. So you start looking for another app, right? <laughs> so, oh, with the same sound. And so then you you download the other articulation app that has, uh, you know, maybe some ha- there's some overlap between the, the word cards, there, the picture cards that are used. And then you burn through those, and then you're like, okay, they're sick of that one. I'm going to go look for it. And I, I'm Dude, guilty of that. Sure. I've done that. Right. And sometimes you almost feel as if it's like addicting. It is kind of addicting. And I, and I, I sort of have, I don't, you know, you, you've actually hit it, you've hit it home for me because I, I, I think about that sometimes about am I overusing the iPad? Now, the kids that I, I have to say that the kids that I work with in my school, um, a lot of them, you know, are come from low SES homes, and many of them, don't have access to an iPad at home anyway. Uh, so the only access they would get is uh, at school. Um, so it, I, but I, even so, I, I know that outside of the speech that, that I provide, I know that they're getting, we have iPads in the classroom, so they are using them other times during the day. So I try to be somewhat aware, but I have to start thinking about them more now. Right, right. Um, and you know, anytime possible, like I'm always making a very conscious decision to try to integrate the old school with like the new school. So what I mean by that is, hey, let's have a piece of paper and let's kind of like draw a picture of maybe the the sound that we're working on or if it's like basic concepts, like draw a picture of something on top of something or under something. And then maybe we can take a picture of it 
with the iPad. So it's like taking a picture of the picture. And then from there, like you were describing that one app where you can kind of put different stickers on the the picture that you take. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot of really cool ways that we can kind of mix it up and kind of have both ways live in harmony. The old school paper-based stuff and the new school technology, you know, tablet-based stuff. And um, and on some days, you know what? Let's let's totally put the technology to bed and let's focus on the other. And then on the other days, we could do the complete opposite. But I think variety is definitely key. So um, I wanted to uh, talk about some, some ways beyond the um, beyond apps. Now, when you when you give your talks, is there some is there another angle of technology that you think might be underutilized these days within schools or other settings that you are a big fan of? Oh yeah, for sure, YouTube. I'm telling you, uh, that is such a fantastic collection of videos for us as clinicians to kind of pull from. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the reason why it's underutilized is because a lot of school districts block it. Now, I, I totally understand the the benefit in blocking it because it's filled with sometimes questionable content that's not appropriate for schools. Yes, But if you, as the educator, could kind of screen everything that you potentially want to show your clients or your students. If you as the educator could be kind of quick with your fingers to pause stuff, because sometimes the ads that they show before the actual content Mm -hmm. could be questionable. If you can do that, you can open up your students' eyes to so many real-world audiovisual presentations of whatever it is you might be kind of focusing on in speech therapy. Mm -hmm. so the the first thing that comes to my mind is um, the so April Fool's Day was not too long ago, you know. Yeah. So with this specific group of middle schoolers, the night before, I went on YouTube for a few moments and I found very age appropriate pranks that kids were playing, like on their parents or something like that. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I made sure to watch those videos and I said, okay, these are all very appropriate for that like sixth, seventh, eighth grade demographic. There's nothing in there where they would take it the wrong way. Mm -hmm. And I screened it and then I showed those particular students and then we had the best time kind of doing. So they were working on just like information recall and what was kind of like the main gist of what they saw. Talk about who they thought the main character was what the main character's motive was. And, you know, it's just so cool to see a student watching this video. And it's very seamless because this is what they do on a daily basis, whether it be, you know, watching TV or, you know, watching something quickly on, you know, if you could believe it, some middle schoolers have cell phones now. Yeah, yeah. So I just love that opportunity to kind of integrate that aspect into the speech therapy setting in a way that's very beneficial for them. Well, you know, I I remember our tech guy in my district. I want to probably maybe a couple of years ago. He he and he talked about the YouTube videos and he said, "Look, you know, here's here's a good way to to go about this. Screen the videos you want to show." And then there's methods, and he emailed a couple of ways to actually download the videos so that when it was time for you to show them to your students, you didn't have to stream it live from YouTube itself, but that you already have it downloaded. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I I know exactly what you're talking about. So there's a bunch of apps on the iPad that you can download. But the crazy thing about those apps is like, 
every single day, like they're getting taken down. They're getting flagged by YouTube. Oh, really? Because, yeah, because YouTube, they're not down with you downloading their yeah, I figured. videos <laughs> because they want to feed you content, you know? Yes. And, and they want to feed you advertisements. Yeah. 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 But yeah, you're yeah. right. That is such a, a, a clutch way to kind of go through that loophole to kind of hold on to that video and put it directly onto your camera reel. Well, you know, YouTube should come up with an educator license that allows you to pay a flat fee and bypass all the ads. I don't know. I'm just Dude, <laughs> I'm yeah. throwing that out there. I don't know. Because I, I know genius. I use I use YouTube once in a while as well. If you know, if we're doing something, if one of my t- uh, teachers are, is doing something thematic and you want to teach them, you know, concept, then it's, you know, the population I work with, it's just, you, you want to use every means possible to try and teach a concept. I mean, whether it's about what a, you know, one of my classrooms is doing community helpers right now. So, you know, if it takes finding a YouTube video of fire trucks, I mean, whatever works, you know? Yeah, for sure. And you know, it's another cool thing that comes to my mind that we've done on several occasions. So when we're going over like core vocabulary, like for example, let's say fire truck was something that I was working on with one of my kiddos. What I love to do sometimes is just use Siri on my cell phone. So I'll press the button and we'll practice kind of asking the question in a nice loud and clear manner. And I want that kiddo to be like, Siri, show me a picture of a fire truck. And if he kind of like articulates it nice and loud, nine times out of 10, Siri understands it. And then Siri will pull something right from Wikipedia and I've never had any situations where it would be like an inappropriate picture of a fire truck. I can't even think of what that would be, but yeah, you know the internet. I'm sure they have many inappropriate fire truck pictures. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's but, a, that's um, a really good idea. Yeah, that's another self monitoring. Cool yeah, yeah, for sure. And like you know, um, uh, I'm sure Android has a, a comparable. You know ask something on their phone but if you're an iphone user by all means try to incorporate siri into a speech therapy setting because kiddos they get a real blast out of the idea of whoa i'm talking to a robot that's crazy yeah my, my <laughs> kids absolutely love doing that kind of stuff i'll they'll grab my phone and say can i ask siri a question <laughs> and that's of course great. they use like you know my younger will use will use all sorts of potty humor right right right, right. <laughs> And of course, Siri will give you responses like, I'm not familiar with that term. <laughs> right, right. I know Siri's good like that for sure. Yeah, they, they certainly, they knew what to program. <laughs> um, so any other uh, tech tips as far as, uh, you know, out of the box kind of, or less common ideas or? Yeah, you know what I'm kind of watching right now? What's that? And I haven't used this yet, but there is a social networking site out there. It's called Vine. Mm-hmm. And Vine is a type of video platform where it's kind of comparable to Twitter in the sense that it has a very small window. So they only allow you to record, I think it's like six seconds at a time. Oh, I've heard of this. Yeah. Yeah. So Vine actually, I don't know if they did or they're about to like any day now, but there's, they're going to be launching something called Vine Kids. Mm-hmm. And what that is, from what I've read, in the tech blogs is it's going to be age appropriate child generated like funny little six second clips Mm -hmm. so i'm kind of watching that from a distance right now to see is that gonna mesh well with the possibility of introducing that here and there in speech therapy Mm -hmm. so maybe i could find a collection of you know some of these kid users that are on this um apparently 
a closed network where it, they're not going to have any, you know, obscene or, uh, you know, content that's not age appropriate. And if there are any good, you know, kid profiles out there that are coming out with really funny kid-based content, can I introduce some of that content in the speech therapy room? So I don't know, but hey, maybe maybe it's something good in the future. And of course, I'll let you know if it's anything that's uh, beneficial. Okay. Now, for the, the Vine users, is this the thing where users are anonymous or do they actually have uh, screen names and, and pictures and identities that you can find quickly? Oh, yeah, for sure. So it's just like a typical social networking site. So yeah, there's a picture of them. There's okay. a, a, a username associated with the actual picture. So yeah, they have a legitimate profile. Okay. So the idea is that they're just uh, posting something very brief. Yeah, exactly. And okay. and typically what I've seen are like, you know, really funny like dog tricks and like cats kind of jumping over like, you know, the couch. Like it's very like, you know, silly like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you never know what you'll what you'll kind of come across, you know. Yeah. So I want to uh, circle back to uh, apps real quick, and I wanted to ask you if you had to pick your the top five apps that you use most frequently. Yeah. What, what would they be, dude? That's what a, are they? That's an awesome question. All right. So the first two that come to my mind, I guess, are fresh in my mind because I just mentioned them. But uh-huh. I gotta say, Animal Face. Yeah. That's probably number one because I just the kiddos get a real kick out of seeing their heads turn into something wild like that. Yeah. Um, that superhero FX, uh-huh. which you know shoots out lasers out of a out of the hands. Mm-hmm. That would be number two. And then let me round out my three, four, five. Okay. Ah, uh, gosh. Um. Okay, so uh, yo, I got a really cool app that I made that I. Uh, you know, obviously, I'm very biased, but I use this app all the time. It's called um, Multiple Choice Articulation. Sure. So uh, I love that app. So if anyone ever wants to kind of check that app out, mm-hmm. I use that very frequently. And um, just as a side, it's really weird to use your own app because, like, you hear your voice, your like, voice. <laughs> not coming out of your mouth, but coming out of a device. That's right. It took me, I, I, I wondered <laughs> after downloading some of your apps, I, I'm like, is that Eric's voice or did he get someone else to do it? It took me, right. I'm like, yeah, I think that's him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's definitely my voice, man. I cringe when I hear it. <laughs> I am the same way. <laughs> and then I guess the last two was, um, you know, I'm a big fan of video. So any anytime I could kind of introduce video, I'm always doing it. So very comparable to that superhero fx there's a, a video there's a video based app called um fx guru mm-hmm. which is an app that allows you to kind of add a lot of different like explosions and like dinosaurs like stomping on cars and stuff like I that i think i have that one yeah so yeah. i love that one but obviously when you have apps like with explosions and stuff like that you need to make sure that um your child is kind of uh, ready for stuff like that because I've had students like younger students like first graders second graders sometimes get kind of scared when they see like um, a UFO in the sky and then it like blasting like missiles out of like you know it's like UFO little spaceship thing yeah yeah I hear you, you. Know? I've yes. kind of I've kind of cringe just one I don't know see I don't know if it's the same it's it's definitely like a, uh, a special effects kind of thing where you have to you have to record a minimum i think of six seconds of video mm-hmm. and uh one of one of my students or, or private students he found oh it's like an abominable snowman kind of thing yeah yeah and uh he absolutely loves it but it is violent the, the at the end of the video the, he basically smashes 
uh, the lens of the camera, what looks to be. <laughs> so I don't know if it's the same one that you have, but he, it's like I kind of I cringe a little bit because it's pretty violent, but he absolutely loves it. So I just like, all right, he's he's a, he's a middle schooler. So I'm like, okay, right. yeah. So it's all about knowing your your kiddo and knowing like what what they can handle and what they can't handle. Yeah, yeah. So I said four apps. You know, I gotta be honest. I can't even think of another one. That's <laughs> <laughs> all right. I won't put you on the spot. No, those are good. Um, I'm big. You know, this is my population. You know, moderate to severe kids, autism, that kind of thing. So I'm I'm always um, I I love uh, anything with uh, video and video modeling. And mm-hmm. so the one that I use that I've been using a lot is WordTube. I don't know if you heard of that one. Oh, okay. Uh, that's uh, John Halloran from Center for AC and Autism. So. You know, I, I actually use that not just, I use that in so many different ways, um, video modeling, but I also, I use it in our tick practice. So what I'll do is, uh, especially when I want to give kids, you know, very much like an input-based approach where they're hearing uh, the adult version and then like their own errors. So I'll have a, an image of one of the words, let's say for working on rock, mm-hmm. and then I'll record... I'll record both myself and them saying the word, uh, well, say my, I'll record myself saying it correct and then the child's error. And then if I, depending on where the child is, if I can get them to get me, sometimes it takes multiple takes to get a, an adult-like model, then I'll just you know, basically have them, uh, let's, let's look at what we've got here. And we'll kind of look at the collection of words and then I'll have them judge them. Does this one sound good or not so good? Oh man, that's genius! Because um, it's all about getting them to kind of uh, reevaluate how they sounded. Yeah, and I have to say, it's it's been, I, I've it's it's been kind of interesting. I've had um, my on the private side, I've had two um, older kids on the autism spectrum with uh, speech sound disorders, and this has been a big part uh, for one of them. And lately, at least, this one's it's been a big part of their therapy, and I I've seen. You know, this is not a research study, but I've seen, at least for myself, the benefit. Because I've I've seen from day one how they fell apart and couldn't do it, but then how they quickly learned. Oh, for sure. Made that, I think it made made a little bit of an impact on their own uh, production. So, yeah, really good app. It's called WordTube? WordTube, yeah. Nice. I'm writing that down right now. So, it's T-O-O-B. T-O-O-B, right on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mentioned it on an earlier episode uh, when I had John Halloran on, and someone emailed me, and and I when I first looked it up too, WordTube, and I emailed John back. I'm like, I thought it was spelled like as in YouTube, uh, yeah, YouTube. So I put you know T U B E, and I couldn't find it anywhere in the uh, on the iTunes store. But yeah, ah, nice, nice. Um, yeah, the one thing, and I'm gonna have to email John about this. The one thing that I wish that he would put in there as a feature is a sharing, okay. so that if I make a board, because it takes time to make these things up you know, mm-hmm. to make a template up. Or if I make a specific board, then I want to share it with them. And, you know, from, from my iPad to their iPad that I can just email in some type of file format that they can easily download. So if they have an iPad at home or the teacher has one, you know, so we can share it without having to recreate it from scratch. Oh, that's a really great idea. So that's, <laughs> I'm going to get after him for that because it's a great app. It really is. Yeah. And, you know, you nailed it right in the head when you kind of said, you know, I'm going to email him and I'm going to kind of make that recommendation. 
I, I wish more people did that because, you know, with like app developers and stuff, yeah. it's it's usually just like one or two people. I mean, it's a very small team. This isn't like like Nintendo or I don't know, some other huge like whoever makes Angry Birds. Like this is yeah. a very small team. So, you know, sometimes people email me and they're like, hey, Eric, you know, I'm using this app that you made. It's great. But I found this little um, glitch or, you know, you spelt this wrong. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, thanks for that heads up. I'm going to actually change it. So, you know, I'm sure like when you email him, he's going to actually take that into consideration. So, you know, if I could make, you know, one recommendation to people, it's like, you know, don't be afraid to like reach out to these app developers and, you know, make suggestions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And um, yeah, because it's it's basically saying, hey, I really like your app. Now, if you could just do one thing for me. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. You know, and um, I'm I'm actually in the process in the early stages of uh, making my own app, taking a shot at it for the first time. Nice. And um, you know, the way I look at it is, I just want to get a kind of like a minimum viable product out there. Mm-hmm. And I can already see, you know, like I'm looking at my own app. I'm thinking, well, I would love to have data collection here, but you know what? I really can't put that in there yet. <laughs> right, <laughs> it's just, too much to tackle. I like yeah. to have this feature. I like to put this in the settings, but you know what? I'm just gonna have to pare it down, and I'll wait for the feedback. And depending on the feedback, we'll just keep adding to it. You yeah, can, it, you can always exactly. put it in later. That's right, man. You got a good coder; it can happen. So. Absolutely, anything could happen. You know, technology is crazy. You could add the bells and whistles forever. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I wanted to ask you a couple more things before you go. Yeah. Um, on your website, you mentioned there's a mention on your fact page about mm-hmm. a children's show, a develop, oh, yeah. some development project you have going on here. What's uh, what's that all about, dude? For sure, man. So you know, one of my dreams, all time dreams, is I would love to kind of write and direct children's programming. So, you know, that whole idea of, hey, look at Sesame Street. Well, there's actually people that spent a lot of time to make sure the curriculum is on point. There's actually people that spent a lot of time to make sure that the whole production kind of makes sense and is educationally impacting students. So my buddy and I, we have been actively writing and we started filming our children's show. Wow. And the demographic that it's geared towards is the preschool setting. Yeah. And uh, it's comparable to, you know, I would say like Sesame Street or Yo Gabba Gabba, just in the sense that there's puppets and kind of like big costumes. But I think it has a very original flair to it. And once someone sees it, I don't think that they would really compare too much to those things. But mm-hmm. yeah, man, that's a that's a project that I'm working on and... You know, they say you don't know if you're going to win the lottery unless you play, right? Exactly. So same thing with me and my buddy. You know, we have a couple of connections. And will those connections pan through? You know, only time will tell. But uh, a Rolling Stone gathers no moss. And I'm always keeping busy. I got a lot of coals coals in the fire, if you will. And um, mm-hmm. the children's show is definitely one of them. So um, right. so you, you've already shot a little bit or... Yeah, so in the industry, they they say that the first thing you need to do is shoot a, a sizzle reel. Okay. <laughs> and a sizzle reel essentially would be a six-minute taste of what you're expecting your pilot episode to be. Ah. So we have pretty much everything shot for our sizzle reel. Yeah. Uh, what's left now is a lot of just post-production stuff. So uh, just a smidge of editing left and a lot of uh, color correction left. Uh-huh. But other than that, it's pretty much done. 
And wow. uh, yeah, we'll take it from there. So uh, <laughs> this is really exciting stuff. Dude, now, thanks. That you're, are, you coming, are you coming at it from a, I, I'm sure you're adding a lot of speech language expertise as far as uh, language concepts that maybe you want to teach. Is, is that part of where you're coming from or... Oh, yeah, totally. So, you know, I have those developmental milestones like tattooed in my brain. So yeah. the three and the four-year-old stuff, that's exactly what I'm trying to kind of implement into the show. But I want to add that, you know, Eric Raj wacky zany feel to it as well. So they don't feel like they're just reading out of a textbook and it's a little bit more uh, a fun, for lack of a better way of putting it. Okay, so uh, are you going to be putting the sizzle reel up on your website anytime soon? Dude, absolutely. Yeah. The first place that I'm going to be kind of announcing it is right on my mailing list. I'm going to have a, a video up. So I'm, I'm hopefully thinking that something should be up by like September. September. Okay. Can't wait. Yeah. So you'll be busy in the summer, I'm sure, tying up the loose ends and making sure uh, everything's everything's ready to go. And, and I, do you have any uh, meetings uh set up yet or? <laughs> yeah. Well, right now we actually are in the process of trying to get a manager. A manager, okay. Yeah, so, um, right. you know, you typically get a manager first, and then from there, the manager is able to kind of uh, make those introductions. Yeah. Because, to my understanding, it's very hard for the actual creators to kind of get those meetings. There needs to be that, like, middleman. Mm-hmm. But, okay. you know, I'm not from that that Hollywood world, so I don't <laughs> quite know. But that's that's what, I, that's what I'm told, so. Hmm, I wonder if my partner... I wonder if Tom Schull has any (laughs) connections left and he used to work in Hollywood. Right, right. Yeah. I heard that great Mel Gibson story. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I should ask him. Okay. So, Tom, if you're listening. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. Hook it up, Tom. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. You were going to say something? Yeah, I was just going to say, my partner, he's a, he's a great guy. He's one of my best friends. His name is Tommy Avalone. Uh And um, he actually just um, made a documentary and it's called I Am Santa Claus. Oh, okay. it's it's a fantastic documentary where he spent like three years straight following mall Santa Clauses <laughs> and seeing what do these people do the other ten months out of the year because all of November and all of December they're essentially doing like you know Santa Claus gigs right yeah yeah but what do they do the other ten months of the year and uh, it's it's a very fantastic. Uh, documentary. It's on Netflix. So if anyone's ever bored, uh, check out. Uh, it's called I Am Santa Claus. Uh, it's it's so much fun, and um, you know I, I I really I back it because he's my best friend, and I saw the the blood and the sweat that went into that documentary. So, uh-huh. and he's also the the the, the co creator of the kids show as well. I'll have to uh, link to that as well on the uh, the show page. Yeah, um, man. But so without having, I don't know if you'd be giving it this away, but is there anything that the Santa Clauses have in common? One common oh, thread? They do, absolutely. And that common thread is they have an undying love for the season and the actual act of just bringing smiles to the faces of those children. Like, they are very, very serious about wearing that red suit. And they, they, it's, it's a very honorable thing to kind of, you know, wear that, that suit. So I would say that's the common thread between them all. They do it with pride. They sure do, but there's also a lot of uh, twists and turns in each one of their lives, no doubt about that. So, yeah, yeah, very good. All right, Eric, I think we will end there. Ah, Jeff, it's been great fun. Thanks so much for the invitation to come on. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate this. And I, you know, we had to go back a few times as far as scheduling, and you were very gracious about the whole process, especially with your dissertation and defense in March. So, yeah, thank you so much for doing this. No problem, Jeff. All right, take care. All right, you too, buddy. All right, I want to thank my guest, Eric Raj, today. 
for taking time out of his busy schedule to talk to us about apps, about all great things tech, about his life and his work. I want to wish him luck on all of his future endeavors. Congratulations on earning that doctorate. Uh, I hope something happens with that that show idea of yours. Uh, keep Please keep us posted. If you have any questions, as always, forward them to me at Jeff at Conversations in Speech Pathology. Or sorry, ConversationsInSpeech.com. Jeff at ConversationsInSpeech.com. Uh, website, www.conversationsinspeech.com. So hope that's cleared up. You can follow me on, at Twitter, at Jeff Steppen, J-E-F-F-S-T-E-P-E-N. Thanks so much for listening. Keep in touch.